trying to get up to speed on the Colts? This is your one-stop shop, the Colts Daily Update. Here's your host, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Colts Daily Update on this Tuesday before Thanksgiving. The Colts had the day off today, but they'll begin practicing and preparing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are up next in week number 12 as they come calling on Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts come into the game 6-5, and five, winners of five of their last six, and they've climbed over 500 for the first time this season after that dominating win over the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. The Bucks are 7-3, and three, leaders of the NFC South. As they won on Monday Night Football last night, they beat the Giants 30-10. to 10. So the Colts currently sit in ninth place in the AFC Conference standings out of the playoff picture as of now, but there's still six games to go, and as we all know, it's a crowded and parody-filled AFC right now. Every team in the conference has at least three losses, including the uh, Tennessee Titans, who lost to the Texans on Sunday. And there are eight teams competing for three wildcard spots, and all of those teams have at least five wins. Uh, as far as injuries go going into the week, the Colts are relatively healthy for the second straight week. The only concern as of now is guard Quentin Nelson, who left the game in the second half in Buffalo after aggravating a nagging ankle injury that he's dealt with most of the season. Frank Reich said on Monday that Nelson will be day-to-day this week in practice. And again, it's been a hell of a season for Big Q as far as those injuries go. He missed three weeks on IR with that ankle. Plus, he had two off-season surgeries, another surgery in training camp to remove a loose piece of a bone in his foot. He's had a recurring back injury that's given him trouble throughout the course of the year. Um, So he's been through a lot and through it all. He's managed to play more than 60% of the snaps this season despite all of those problems. Uh, But hypothetically, if Nelson can't go on Sunday, the Colts still have a pair of experienced and reliable guards and Mark Glowinski and Chris Reed. Reed would likely play left guard and Glow would play right guard. Also coming up on Sunday, the Colts will honor the past in multiple ways. Uh, On Sunday, the Colts will honor Hall of Fame running back Lenny Moore, the former Baltimore great from 1956 to 1967. He's scheduled to appear on Sunday for the first quarter Colts alumni spotlight on the field. He's one of only eight Colts players to have his jersey retired by the team. He wore number 24. At halftime, former Colts defensive end Robert Mathis will become the 17th inductee into the Indianapolis Ring of Honor. He's the all-time sack leader for the Colts, and his 47 strip sacks are an NFL record. The team will also celebrate the past by wearing replica uniforms of the 1956 Colts, whose roster included multiple Pro Football Hall of Famers and was led by Hall of Fame coach Weeb Eubank. So a lot to celebrate as the Colts welcome in former Colts coach Bruce Arians, now the head coach in Tampa, and of course arch nemesis Tom Brady, who is 15-4 all-time against the Colts and playing Indianapolis for the first time in a Buccaneers uniform. And last night, Rick Venturi detailed the Bucks with a quick scouting report on Colts Roundtable Live. You know, you've got greatness in, in Tom. There's no question about it. He's been the GOAT forever and ever and ever. Um, you know, he's surrounded by two really good outside receivers, Evans and Godwin. You know, they have not played with Gronk in the last two weeks. And, you know, late in the career here, particularly at Tampa, Gronk has meant so much to Tom. When Gronk isn't there, they're really not quite the same because mm-hmm. he loves him on different kind of matchups, different by, by where he lines up in the formation. Now, their offensive line, Joe knows this, was a cornerstone. It was really a cornerstone in their Super Bowl drive, but they have struggled inside in protection, and that's tough on Brady because he's not going to move out of the pocket. If you can if you can pressure him up inside, because everything he does is numbers to numbers, really, unless he gets in isolation. 
Now, defensively, I think that's where I noticed the biggest difference. You know, they, in the end of 219 and 220, their defense was maybe the most underrated defense in the National Football League. I mean, really, really good. The biggest problem they have is, you know, is Bowles. I call him Blitz Bowles because he brings more, uh, Todd brings more than anybody in the league. They're going to pressure you. I guarantee you, your protection is going to get checked out. But the biggest problem they've had, Matt, is they've had a turnstile at corner because of injuries, and it's just been like a mass unit. And because of that, they've been forced to play a lot more zone, and they're just not a zone team. And it re- what it really affects is their pressure because they're playing a lot of zone with their pressure where they would have been man-to-man, and people are torching them. So they're world champions, respect them. They got the goat at quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, but play who they are, not who they were. I always tell my team that, you know, play, play who they are, you know, play, play the, play the men. Don't play the myth. This is, this is definitely another big challenge. I think it's good as Joe said, because it's a high profile team that gets your attention after a big win, but it's, it's very, very winnable to say the least. That's Rick Venturi with the quick skinny on the Buccaneers heading into a post Thanksgiving showdown on Sunday. And when we come back, we'll hear from Frank Reich breaking down the win over the Bills and the greatness of Jonathan Taylor and the running game. That's coming up next on the Colts Daily Update here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to the Colts Daily Update. A look at the Colts with Matt Taylor from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Hey, welcome back again on the Colts Daily Update. Tonight we've got a few minutes left, and every Monday on Colts Roundtable Live we hear from Frank Reich recapping the latest game and taking fan questions. And on Tuesdays we'd like to give you a little morsel in case you missed that. So here's Frank recapping the dominant win in Buffalo as the Colts played very well in all three phases. Yeah, we, we played very well. And as you said, Matt, in all three phases, defense really had a stellar performance. The D-line especially, you know, rush force one. You know, we only had one sack, but did a tremendous job of keeping Josh Allen contained and in the well, as, as we'd like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, got the three big interceptions, given the offense short field. So just a, a tremendous outing by the defense. Special teams was on point. Of course, got the big play on the fumble. You know, and then offensively, it, you know, it was, it, was, it was a really, really good performance. Yeah, no doubt about that with Jonathan Taylor. We'll get to that coming up. But, you know, we talked last Friday going into the game, and you said – hey, even though they have the best defense in the league statistically, we, we can't be afraid of that. We still have to be aggressive. We have to go out and do what we do best. How confident were you with that? You know, you can go in the game and, and you can run the ball on the Bills' defense. Did you have a feeling you could rush for 260 on that defense? We had a commitment and some conviction that we were going to stay patient with the run game. I mean, I, I don't think you ever go in that game saying, you, you know, hey, we're going to run for 260 today. Sure. Uh, but, you know, we knew that when we believed that we needed to be patient with the run game and that they would make some plays and you know, so on and so forth, but that if we stuck with it, that we believed that it could pay dividends. You know, all of the pundits going into this game, they were talking about how the Colts were 0 for their last eight against teams that made the playoffs in 2020. And you put that stat to bed with a dominating performance. And, and last week you talked about getting to 500 and now you can kind of see the light now that you're even at 5 and 5 well now that you're over 500 now that you're 6 and 5 and you beat a good team from the playoffs last year do you feel like you kind of have a monkey off your back to a degree going into this final stretch with 6 games to go 
Yeah, they, and they gave us a prize. We get to play the defending world champions <laughs> and, the great, and the greatest player who ever's played the game. Thanks. So, uh, the, you know, no time to no time to rest on any past successes for sure. We got to get locked and loaded and ready to go. All right, we brought up Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns, coach. I mean, uh, a franchise record as far as that goes. You celebrated with the team after the game with JT giving him the game ball. He's over a thousand yards already on the season. He accomplished so much on Sunday. What has he meant to this football team this season? I know that's a loaded question, but but what does Jonathan Taylor mean to your team on and off the field? Well, it's not just his production, which is immense and elite in every way, but he's just he's an elite leader. He's a quiet leader. He's very humble, but and but he's selfless. He's team first. He wants to win more than any. You know, winning is more important than yards and carries and touchdowns, and you know that. The guys feel that 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 feeds the energy on the team. You know, when 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 you're a team first guy, it, it's like giving energy to the team. When when you get players who are great players, but it's all about them, that kind of that can also sap the energy from the team. So um, he's just he's a great player and a great leader. That's Frank Reich with us. Final one for me, coach. In the running game, you've rushed for at least 260 yards. Two of the last three games, two of the biggest. Uh, rushing games this season have come by the Colts in the NFL the last three weeks. So you're, you're setting records from a team standpoint and from a league standpoint. How much of that is on the offensive line? How good is that unit playing right now? Yeah, it's primarily on the offensive line. I mean, they're, they're doing a great job. It all starts up front. Mm-hmm. Um, they work very hard. Um, the things the coaches are doing a great job. Strasser is doing a great job. And um, the whole the whole crew. So those guys deserve a lot of credit. Obviously, tight ends are right there in the mix. And, and you know, the way we run our offense, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how important our receivers are because we're getting heavy boxes all the time because of Jonathan. So the receivers have to have to get down and dirty. they got to block force and, and, and play really physical, and our guys are willing to do that. Colts head coach Frank Reich is joining us here on Colts Roundtable Live tonight. If you have a question for him, you can tweet it in tonight, every Monday night as well, using hashtag Colts Roundtable. Let's go to the fan questions. Morris is up first, Coach. He's asking, what did we do better on defense that kept Josh Allen corralled in the pocket as compared to last year in the playoffs? And again, you said today the defensive line played great and really disciplined against the uh, Bills quarterback. Yeah, you always have – you always need to – have rush lanes that you need to stay disciplined in. And we just executed that, you know, probably better than we have all year, you know, understanding we had a very specific plan, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the rush lanes that we, how we were going to do it and how we're going to scheme it up defensively. And the guys just executed it very well. All right. Here is uh, Jackson final one. Um, This kind of goes against the grain on how most people think about Jonathan Taylor. Interesting question uh, asking, are you concerned about Jonathan Taylor's workload? I know a lot of fans want to give him the ball 30 times per game like Sunday, but is that good for him? Is that good for the Colts in the long run if we want Taylor to be our back for the next seven or eight years? Yeah, I think those things all play themselves out pretty naturally. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, you know, this is the first, you know, we've 11 games into it. He's had one game of 30 carries. And and we are trying to get him the ball, but it just – most games aren't going to work out like that because we're also skilled at receiver and quarterback and so and tight end and so we we, we not only ha- have to mix it up we need to mix it up mm-hmm. um, you know week in and week out you play different teams and the way things match up 
So I just always have a feeling like those things naturally work themselves out over the course of the year. That's Frank Reich, and that's from last night's Colts Roundtable Live radio show. That entire episode is available on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network anywhere you download your podcasts. That's all for tonight. We'll have more of the Colts and the Bucks all week long. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another Colts Daily Update. You're on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good night. Good night.